key takeaway is that ABM is a team sport, but it doesn't take a massive amount of people to do ABM. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, so in this episode, you'll be hearing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from past conferences. Here we go. My name is Matt Senator, and I'm a black sheep. Now, I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment, but I am a service director at Serious Decisions. And part of my job is to help our clients strategize, develop, design, operationalize, measure, and optimize their ABM programs. Okay? But going back to me being a black sheep, throughout my career, and it spans 20 plus years in a variety of marketing and sales roles, I haven't, for the most part, really cared about traditional demand generation or the traditional funnel, right? the demand waterfall. I have at times, but I haven't cared overly about that. Instead, my career has spanned where I focused on my funnel being flipped. I've been doing ABM for 20 plus years. Now, of course, it wasn't always called ABM. ABM is just a term that we're using these days. But anyway, I, I think one of the things that I want to talk to you about today, not I think, but the thing I want to talk to you that's often overlooked, we hear a lot about process. We hear a lot about technology in ABM. We need to select the right accounts. We need to develop appropriate campaigns and relevance and specificity. We need to engage. We need to measure all things we need to do. We need to leverage the right technology. We need to explore emerging technologies. And of course you do. But if you don't have the right people in place, then all your efforts are for naught. And today I'm going to talk about the six core competencies that ABM marketers need to have. And I'm very pleased to be able to introduce a client of ours, Joe Quinn and National Instruments, and he'll come up and talk a little bit about what he's done to develop the capabilities and the competencies of his team in standing up a best-in-class ABM program. There's lots of talk about account-based marketing. We surveyed more than 200 organizations across the globe, B2B organizations, and we asked them about their ABM efforts. And nearly 9 out of 10 stated that ABM is extremely or very important to their overall marketing initiatives. Almost 9 out of 10. But when we asked them how many people, well, what percentage of you have teams dedicated to doing this? There's a little bit of a gap here. 71% said, we've got people doing ABM. And we further asked them, how many FTEs do you have doing ABM? And the average number of FTEs in an organization doing ABM is just over three. The median was two, actually. Not a ton. We also asked about partial FTEs. And you see about five and a half. Saw a bigger range in responses here. And I'm not surprised because the way that people can define partially can be a little bit uh, different. So, so what you see here, right, key takeaway is that ABM is a team sport, but it doesn't take a massive amount of people to do ABM. I get a lot of questions from people that are interested in learning about ABM, interested in doing ABM, and they see the likes of SAP or CSC, and they see these great case studies, and they say, oh, we don't have the budgets of SAP or CSC. We don't have the amount of people. And the reality here is you see that companies of all shapes and sizes can do ABM. We asked about responsibilities. What are the key things that your ABMers have to do? And of course, you have things like, I need to determine the right accounts. 
I need to gather account and contact information so I can get smarter about these accounts. I need to develop content. I need to execute. I need to measure. And I need to optimize my programs. And I do this with internal teams as well as the, the ability to extend out into a growing number of, of suppliers and agencies that are sprouting up that are helping accelerate the growth in account-based marketing. But ask yourself, if these are the types of things that our ABMers are being tasked with doing, what type of skills do they need? Okay? So let's talk a little bit about that. The first, and it's the biggest part of the brain for a reason, and it's leadership. Being a strategic thinker, being collaborative, and being communicative. Absolutely essential to be a world-class ABMer. Think about this. There's tons of evangelizing. There's tons of saying, what is it that we need to do as we shift our marketing approach to account-based marketing? You have to take others with you, and they're not always going to be there. Of course, you need to be analytical and insightful. ABM is driven on insights. There's tons and tons of data sources, internal marketing automation platforms, CRM systems, customer care systems, external data. We as marketers need to gather that data and turn that into insights. What are we seeing? What is the opportunity for us? Which accounts are going to make most sense for us to focus on? What do we say to them? How do we know that we're having results, that our programs are successful? We need to be analytical. You need to be a planner. I like to say that ABM is about measuring twice and cutting once. I tell you, a lot of our clients struggle with this. They come and they say, all right, I want to do ABM. What tactics do I do? Do I do email? Do I do webinars? And the answer is yes. I mean, you can't plan tactics. You can't select tactics without knowing what are the sales goals? What are the sales objectives? What, are the, what is marketing going to contribute to that? What are we going to talk to the customer about? What are their pain points? Right? We heard Keenan talk a little bit about that in the, in the earlier session. Where are they in their buyer's journey? Or the customer experience, for example. So a marketer needs to understand the sales account planning process, understand their role in marketing and how that contributes into that process, what they then do together to plan engagement for these accounts that they're doing ABM with, and then, of course, we need to execute. We need to execute flawlessly. And I'm not just talking within a group of different campaigns or programs or across different accounts, but I'm also talking within an account. You may be working in an account where you have a, a cross-sell or upsell opportunity in one part of the, the business, but you might have a, a retention area in another part of the business. So as a marketer, you can't just be great at demand creation or nurturing. So you have to use all the four program families that we at Serious Decisions talk about. You have to be great at intelligence gathering, at demand creation, at reputation support, and of course, sales enablement. And you need to go into that bag of tricks as a marketer to be well-rounded, to be able to pull those levers depending on what you're trying to accomplish with those contacts in those accounts. And of course, you need to be a modern marketer, 2.0, right? We hear people talk about this all the time. You need to have technical prowess. You need to understand how you can leverage your existing platforms and technologies today. But beyond that, we need to figure out what is this emerging landscape that we need to capitalize on? What are these groundbreaking tools and services that we can leverage that allow us to better understand the account and the people and better personalize and engage and customize and measure? There's tons of options out there from a technical perspective, 
We, as ABM best-in-class marketers, need to be able to be inquisitive enough to keep seeking that out, be savvy enough to develop a business case for why we need to test some of these technologies and bring them into our tech stack to execute and create that business case and, and identify the requirements that you need as you're, as you're looking through these solutions. And then, of course, the catch-all, the, the, the umbrella, right? This is having the, the ability to challenge the status quo. You have to be inquisitive. You have to be resourceful. You have to be willing to take risks and not be afraid of screwing up. We've done a lot of work around ABM skills and competencies and functional readiness and assessments. And so this comes from some of the tools that we've developed for, for our clients. I like to say, when you think about the ABMer, think of them as a mini CMO, right? All those skills, those competencies I just talked about, those are well-rounded leaders. These are people that, as Keenan would say, get shit done, right? <laughs> there he is. That's my only S-bomb that I'll use. Mini CMOs, or even perhaps, Sangram, I think you'll appreciate this, superheroes. Think of the ABM superhero, right? How many of you are ABM superheroes? <laughs> Come on, guys. You're all ABM superheroes. All right. So when we asked, in our research, we said, how many companies said that they felt their teams had the skills necessary to be successful in the ABM role. Anyone want to venture a guess how many people said yes, they did? Their, their team had the skills. 20%. Good guess. How about over here? 15. Lower. Interesting. 62% said that they felt their team had the necessary skills. Now, I will tell you, and by the way, that's up from last year. So that's encouraging. I will tell you from my experiences, I think people are probably a little bit optimistic here, a little bit aggressive. David Dunning? Yes. So I think there's a little bit of that. But I'll also say there's been a great growth in the amount of avenues for people to upskill. Learning, certification, events like this. So people are earning their capes, so to speak. When we further broke it down and said, tell us a little bit more about why you think they do have the skills or they don't have the skills, here's some of the things they said. Right? We've been building our competency as an organization. We've, we've provided formal training and certification. And from an individual perspective, they say our people actually are, are extroverts. They have great collaboration, great interpersonal skills, terrific credibility and alignment with sales, which is the foundation for success. And, and you see here, they're also seasoned marketers. They've been doing those demand creation, those brand building, those market intelligence functions for, for some time. And they're doing it now in ABM. And they're constantly pushing themselves to learn more. They're inquisitive. They're, they're, they're looking for those learning sessions, events, webinars, and so on. When we asked, why do you feel they don't have the skills? Well, not surprisingly, they talked about they're really struggling with building that sales alignment. They don't have the credibility. They don't have the voice where they're not going to be pushed on from their sales brethren. That's so, so critical, right? And so account-based marketers, you need to understand the sales methodology, the sales process. You need to find ways to partner with them and bring value. And then when you talk about the individual skills as well, they need to be more data-driven marketers, right? And they're focused just on generating leads. We know ABM is more than just generating leads. The last thing I'll leave you with before I, I welcome Joe to the stage, we talk about the competencies required. And as an organization, 
we have to question ourselves, are we really investing the way that we need to be investing? Now, from a sales perspective, our research indicates that there's almost 30% of sales organizations have actually built competency maps. And there's lots of sales training and sales development and investment in enablement, $5,000 on average per sales rep. On the marketing side, and I'm not even talking ABM here, but on the marketing side, five to 10% have competency maps in place, $750 in enablement. So marketing leaders, I implore you, get with the program. Invest in your marketers like you do in your sales leaders. Let's bridge this gap. So there's lots of opportunities for us as marketing organizations to help increase our, our competencies. I'd like to, to bring up a, uh, a client, Joe Quinn from National Instruments, who actually has done a tremendous job, a best-in-class job, of working to, to build his team's skills, find the right people to, to develop a world-class ABM program. So w welcome Joe Quinn from National Instruments. It mine works, oh, yeah. Working. All right, perfect. So we're good. Thanks, Matt. I'm really excited to be here. First, I just wanted to set some expectations. I have a passion for employee development, just like I have a passion for account-based marketing. And I wanted to give just a little bit of background about who National Instruments is. It's an amazingly exciting time for our company. We're based and headquartered in Austin, Texas, across from the domain, prime real estate. And we're celebrating our 40th year as a company. We are a $1.3 billion global company, 7,000 employees, 50 offices, all from our founder who wanted to have a good place to work in Austin, Texas, okay? Our company structure is we have global marketing, so corporate marketing, product marketing, and we have three regions. We have Asia, Europe, and Americas. I lead our Americas account-based marketing function, and I work with a team that does all the demand generation, and all of the mass marketing, that's 93% of our organization. I've got six people. Their tenure combined is over 100 years of marketing experience. Makes us sound old. And we focus on 25 accounts with a white glove treatment. And we are rolling out scaling programs through our demand centers and mass marketing to do more of the like account marketing. So that's a little bit about National Instruments and kind of our program. Joe, thanks again for joining. What would you say when you were tasked with building this ABM program or more formalizing the ABM program, what would you say were kind of the key building blocks that you put in place to give your team the skills necessary to be successful in the, in the new role? That's good. First, courage, because it's a daunting task, right? You see all the dimensions and technologies. But we had been dabbling in account-based marketing for about eight years, doing a tactic here, a tactic there. So we had an opportunity about four years ago to actually just double down and invest in account-based marketing function. So the very first thing we did is we went through eight years of program activity and we found the ones that actually impacted sales objectives. There were 17 of those activities. We fully documented them. We aligned them to sales objectives and we standardized on that's the work we were gonna do. Okay, so that was the first thing we did. The second thing we did is we took our marketing skills matrix and we used the frameworks from Serious Decisions and we actually came up with our competency map. So I have three levels in my team and it shows what is the ABM behavior that you need to demonstrate at this level for the leadership category. And so the whole team had expectations. We were able to build development plans. So that was pretty cool. 
We also did sales training. So we actually went through sessions about how sales builds their account plans, which was kind of in the early stages. And we mapped our account marketing building plans, our plan building, to the same philosophy that sales was using. So that when we integrated our plans, we were speaking a common language, and they knew what we were talking about and what we were driving. We also did a lot of research and intelligence gathering. We did a lot of socialization within the organization. I had a, a coworker, Jennifer Howard Brown, who's here today, who, who's at Silicon Labs. When she was at NI, we did 51 alignment presentations with leadership to socialize and get their input so that they can see themselves in our programs. So those are some of the foundational building blocks that we did. The other thing I'd say is if you look at the, the chart here, what Joe and team did is they said, all right, here's where we are at our baseline from a competency perspective and from a maturity perspective, from a function. Where are areas that we need to learn more about and how do we get our team the right knowledge and information and then how do we show the progress we've made in year two? Right, Joe, you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, absolutely. So we, we wanted a current state and then of course, since we're an engineering company, we had to do a spider diagram so that when we showed how we're progressing, people were like, oh, it's a spider diagram and it's getting bigger and wider. So we do a maturity assessment once a year. And what's nice is that we can actually see where we've grown. And in some areas, you don't necessarily need to grow more. It just needs to be you know, an adequate space. And so that helps us drive our team development. We have two offsites a year. Serious Decisions comes and presents. One is more about alignment, and then the second one is building plans for the following year. And we use these tools to help us understand, are there extra areas of emphasis that we need to place on development and skill building? Joe, we know it's not about setting it and forgetting it, right? Keena talked about that as well. So what do you do to make sure that your team members continue to get the learning and training beyond some of these things? They all have personal development plans, right? And so yeah. what are you doing that maps back to, to those plans? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm branded at NI as a development manager, which um, I'm fine with that because it helps recruiting. So people want to be in the team to be developed. I also teach our management development classes at NI as a spare job. What I did, which I didn't realize that this was going to be such a great thing, so it's a little bit of luck on this one. But when we launched our formal account-based marketing program, there were so many things to move forward. It was, it was massive. There were ABM measurements. There was sales enablement for accounts. There was formulating a digital toolbox. There was integration with technology like our Eloqua platform and Salesforce.com. There was external account intelligence. There was no way to get all this work done. So what I did is I actually met with each one of my team members, talked about their strong competencies, talked about these six areas, and aligned their passion and interest to these areas. At the time, I was like, okay, good. We're going to move all this a little bit forward at a time. What I totally underestimated is now every single person on the team is an expert, and they feel committed to the team to drive their portion forward. And nobody else is, it's kind of a little bit of a healthy competition because nobody wants to let somebody who's running measurements not feel like they're being equipped with external account intelligence. So it's actually been way more productive than what I thought. The other thing that I do is just a simple thing. I rotate our department meeting so that I don't have to do the agendas every week. And it's the expectation that as you're looking at webcasts in your area of emphasis or focus or reading blog posts, come back for 5, 10, 15 minutes and present back to the team. That way, we're collectively learning, and it's a very small investment. 
And the last thing is, I only have one member of my team here because the others are out on account visit. We work with some of the largest brand names in the semiconductor industry, the automotive industry, and even the military and aerospace defense contractors. Our team is not only going on the sales visits with, with our sales account owners, they're finding new managers to talk to, they're presenting, and they're also finding the relationships and building relationships and meeting with vendor relations, employee communications, marketing folks, so that we can better support those accounts through their educational channels. So that's an ongoing one. It's an expectation that everybody is funded for at least one account trip. They can go to multiple accounts in the areas. And it's also funded for them to take one development trip to add to their area of, of focus. Joe, you, you and your team have been recognized with some awards, right? And the sales organization values the contributions that marketing is making. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So first of all, I want to thank this opportunity and for Matt, because I feel like this is a great way of recognition. This really validates a lot of the hard work the team's been doing on development. But this was shocking. Last summer, we have a large engineering conference in Austin, Texas, NI Week, every year. So 3,500 of the world's greatest scientists and engineers come to learn how to help solve the world's grand challenges through engineering. And the week before, we have a sales conference that we participate in. So as a gesture of commitment, of relationship, we came to the award ceremony. And they're doing their circle of excellence, and they're learning about who made quota, and who's going to go on the president club trip. And then all of a sudden, they said, we'd like to recognize another group. So we were all like, okay, what's this? And they actually called out our group, the account-based marketing team in the Americas, and gave us an award, and get this, for generating revenue at a sales conference. It was shocking, but it was amazing. In our first year of measurements, we focused solely on finding new buying centers at these accounts. We wanted to validate our investment in our team by showing sales what they care about the most, finding people to sell to. We were able to do one-to-one -one marketing to find these managers who had decision makers. And we used technology. We used some just rolling up the sleeves and doing some Google research. We did some pretty unique outreaches. And in our first year of existence of doing this program, which just ended at the end of Q1, we sourced $10 million in opportunities because we found the person for sales to talk to. We engaged them with a value proposition that they wanted to talk to us. We set up the visit with the salesperson to go talk to them. And then the sales worked their magic and drove these opportunities. And that's in year one. Now, we don't even track our influenced impact of these accounts yet. It's a little bit more work to be done on that part. So we've done a lot more at these 25 accounts. But sales recognize that you know, 10 million in extra opportunities is a pretty good thing. Absolutely. ABM, when done right, brings alignment. And to be recognized from your sales brethren in this big conference about the contributions U.S. marketing is making is tremendous. Nice. So, Joe, I guess the last question before we, we run, anything that you wish you knew two years ago or any advice maybe moving forward for, for people as they think about their teams? Yeah. So um, advice, uh, people management and development is not natural. It's, it's hard. So if you're a manager and don't have the skill set, figure out how to make time. About six years ago, I had a kind of an aha moment that I was doing my one-on-ones, doing reviews, setting goals, but what was it connecting to? And so I went on a development journey myself to figure out how to become a better people manager. 
If you're an individual contributor, do the same thing. Start blocking out an hour every Friday and start investing in your development. Talk to your manager about what skills, using some of these you know, free tools, that you want to build out for ABM. So definitely that's my advice to start there. Lessons learned. We had to source opportunities and new revenue to justify our existence of the investment, but we swung the pendulum way too far. Because now we have a brand of, well, shouldn't sales be driving those opportunities? What, do you, what is marketing doing spending on those? So a lesson learned is at the time it seemed like a really good idea, but now I'm having to pull the pendulum back so that we can start with the customer journey and the relationship marketing. In hindsight, if I was as smart as I'd like to be, I probably would have trickled in a lot more of the customer relationship advancement and relationship marketing in that so that I would have a more balanced time right now, because right now I am fighting a perception that our team is probably more sales-focused and business development-focused than it is truly about account marketing. Um, so th first of all, how about a round of applause for Joe, the great work at National Insurance. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thanks. Anyway, I started by talking about the black sheep, right? Me being a black sheep. I didn't care about the traditional demand waterfall. A lot of you are migrating towards flipping your funnel. And if you listen to those words that started the song, you can get with this or you can get with that, we go to flipping the funnel because you can get with this because this is where it's at. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Thanks. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. <laughs>